Good morning, ladies and gents. I hope you're all having a fabulous time. This is the RR Show, and today we are coming at you with some stories from r slash petty revenge. So, without further ado, grab your tea, grab your popcorn, and let's jump in with our first story from A Discovery of Me. How I got revenge on my ex-boyfriend and my ex-best friend. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. This happened a couple of years ago. I, 28 female, was dating Max, 29 male, for five years. We were full on together. We lived together, shared finances, had two dogs, etc. My best friend Amy, 28 female, lived 10 minutes away, so we were always with each other. We were pretty much the three musketeers. One day I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see my boyfriend in the background of a picture posted to our local bars page. He was supposed to be at work and I'd never been given a reason not to trust him. So I figured it was an older picture as we'd go there a couple of times a month. But when he got home, he was wearing the same blue button-up and jeans. I had a horrible feeling in my stomach, but I didn't say anything. That night, I went through his phone. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't care. We've always shared passwords and have never had an issue with using each other's phones. When I checked his messages, I saw a chain with someone named Jack. We didn't know a Jack, so I read through them and my heart just fucking breaks. I've known my best friend since we were in diapers. I know how she texts, but I checked the number just to be sure and yeah, they were talking behind my back. Not just talking though, there were pictures, mentions of sexual acts that had happened, I spent the night crying and sending myself all of these screenshots and everything I could find. By morning I realized that I can't just confront them. I need to prepare. So I set out to put my money aside. I tell him our fridge is broken so I'm using some of our savings to fix it. We need a plumber for this or a handyman for that. All lies. But I needed a reason to pull money out of the account we both had access to. It took me two months but I was able to pull enough out to put a deposit and pay a couple months rent in advance on a new apartment I found that was closer to work and pet friendly. I was able to slowly move stuff there while he was at work. I told him I was doing some spring cleaning to clear out the clutter. In the meantime, I fucked with their heads. I'd mentioned things about each other that would cause drama, like telling Max that Amy talked about a cute guy from work, or telling Amy that Max mentioned marriage and kids with me. She's infertile due to childhood illness. The day before I was leaving, I set my plan into motion. I knew where my best friend went for lunch most days of the week, so I watched 
and waited. When she arrived, I went in and pretended I didn't want to throttle her for breaking my trust and my heart. We sat down and chatted and I slyly mentioned sex with Max. In their messages, she told him that she didn't want him to sleep with me. Apparently, she'd become quite possessive of my boyfriend. I made comments about how sore I was because he did it rough just like I like it. How good he was at oral, you name it, I mentioned it. Her face got redder and redder and it was amazing to watch. I've seen her react that way before, but I never realized why. She'd always insisted on watching late night movies with us or ask to sleep on our couch instead of going home and be mad when I had to say no because I want to have privacy with my boyfriend. I just thought she was lonely or a little clingy, but I never would have imagined she didn't want to leave because she wanted to make sure we weren't having sex. Later that day, I go home and once again pretend that everything's normal. But I sit down on the couch with him and snuggle up with him while he watches TV. After about 20 minutes, I straddle him and ask how his day was, blah, blah, blah. Then I bring up that I ran into Amy at lunch, and you'll never guess who she was with. I told him how Amy was with Dave, her real-life co-worker that has hung out with us multiple times, and how it's so cute that they're dating now. When I say that, he froze. I don't think he even breathed. He just sort of muttered, I, I didn't know she was seeing someone. So I tell him all about how I caught them kissing. And after Dave left to go back to work, Amy told me all about their amazing sex life. And of course, I had to add in there that Dave was the first guy to give her a real O and how she's always had to fake it with guys before. That night, I asked that we do a phone-free night, which we do often so that we could be in our own bubble. I could tell that he was a little hesitant, but he turned his phone off and put it in the basket we use for it. We watched a movie and cuddled on the couch, and he stayed as stiff as a board for the majority of it before he relaxed enough to fall asleep on the couch. Once he was asleep, I grabbed his work phone and sent out a contact list-wide email about how I may be in a bad mood for the next couple of weeks because my mistress gave me the clap. Then I changed the passcode on it and turned it off. I knew that he wouldn't turn it on until he got to his work site that was 40 minutes away. As soon as he was out the door, I immediately packed my bags, important papers and the dogs and left. I also unscrewed most of the light bulbs, took the batteries out of the remote, took the router plug so he wouldn't have Wi-Fi and cranked the AC up to 80 degrees. When I got to my new place, I sent her a text asking how I taste and then blocked them both. Then, I posted screenshots to my Facebook and let everyone know what horrible people they were. Our next one is from No Possibility 2521. Maybe you shouldn't have talked to me that day. Back during my senior year of high school, my boyfriend cheated on me with a girl who was supposed to be a friend of mine. She was the younger sister of another member of our friend group, but we got along fairly well. I gave him a second chance. Knowing that avoiding her was going to be impossible, my one condition was that he couldn't be alone with her. Things seemed to be okay for a couple of months until he got in a car accident and she was the only passenger in his car. 
I ended it right there and then. The girl, I'll call her C, started skipping school a lot to spend her days with him. He'd graduated the year before. When she got in trouble for it, she tried to claim that she was afraid that I was going to beat her up. I wound up getting called to the headmaster's office to have a discussion with Mr. B. I asked him if she'd been in school every day the week before and he said no. Well, I'd been on vacation with my family the week before and she was aware of it, so no, I wasn't the reason she was skipping school. I promised Mr. B that I had no intention of beating her up, but that I was going to get my revenge if the opportunity ever presented itself. Well, two months later, opportunity came knocking. I was sitting outside with a friend during lunch. Guess who came up to talk to me? If you guessed C, you would be correct. Mr. B also happened to be outside and was keeping an eye on us to make sure a fight didn't break out. I looked at C and could tell she was high as a kite, which is why she had the nerve to try and speak to me as if nothing was wrong. She turned away from me for a second to say something to someone else, and when she turned back, I asked her what was on the back of her jacket. She took it off to see what I was talking about. I don't see any stain. Y you can't see that stain? No, I don't see anything. The stain's huge. I can't believe you don't see it. If you don't believe me, go ask Mr. B. Did I mention she was really high? Well, she goes and asks Mr. B, who told her there was nothing on her jacket. She then goes inside. Mr. B looked at me, shook his head, and quietly laughed as he walked into school. Half an hour later, I was sitting in class. C got a call to Mr. B's office and wound up getting suspended for two weeks. This next story is from Wind Milto. Don't use me to parent your kids. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I have dwarfism, and this often leads to weird interactions in public especially with kids. Sometimes a kid will come up to me and ask me why I'm so short, and I have a pre-prepared response for that. But most of the time, they just loudly ask their parents why I'm so short. Usually, the parent will awkwardly drag their kid away, telling them not to comment on people in public. Which is sad, but understandable. I like the parents who just say something about how some people are born like this, and even though we look a bit different, we're still just regular people like everyone else. Sometimes I hear a gem like, I bet she shrank in the wash. What I can't stand is when people try to use me to parent their kids. I'm sure you can think of ways to convince your kid to finish their plate at dinner that don't involve pointing at a dwarf in public and saying, that's what happens when you leave food on your plate. Or, he didn't listen to his mummy when she told him to eat all his vegetables. It's rude, it's humiliating, and it teaches your kid that differences are a bad thing and that people are at fault for their differences or disabilities. It just pisses me off. A few days ago, I was in public and a kid who was maybe four or five years old was acting out. 
and his mum was clearly struggling to keep him under control. So she pointed to me and told her son that I was one of Santa's elves, and I was watching him and would tell Santa about his behaviour. This kid's name was on a keyring on his backpack, so I just said, It's okay, Hunter. You're already on the nice list, and Santa's getting you an iPad for Christmas. Hunter was excited. His mum was not. Ah, oh, I really like that one. I don't know what it was. Maybe you guys can figure it out and tell me, but it's just something so serenely satisfying about that one. And next one's from Tengu Ninja. Tesco manager mistook me for an employee. About 14 years ago, when Reliance Security provided security for Tesco stores, I also worked for Reliance, but was based at the airport. One morning after a 12-hour night shift, I decided to go into a Tesco store I passed on the way home to get a sandwich. I had my work uniform on, but I was wearing a grey jacket on top so people would know I'm not on duty. So I go into the store and pick up a basket and headed to the sandwich counter, and I'm browsing the selection and I hear someone say, Excuse me! But not expecting anyone to be talking to me, I carry on looking for my desired sandwich. Then suddenly the basket is slapped out of my hand, and there is this snarling man's face less than an inch from mine, and he says, I'm not paying you to shop. Get to the front of the store right now! So, I'm tired, very confused, and can only muster the reply, What? He said, I told you to get front doors! We've been open for customers for the last 30 minutes and you've not been in your position once! And now I find you buying snacks! That's when the penny dropped, and I simply replied, I know the store's open to customers. I am one. I work for the same company who provides security, but I am not your guard. With those words ringing in his ears, all the colour in his face drained away when he realised what he'd just done to a customer. Suddenly, he became completely apologetic and said if there's anything he could do for me, he would gladly help. I informed him I'd like help carrying my basket around the store as I was tired from a long night shift, and he replied he would get someone to help me immediately. I then told him I did not want someone else to carry my basket. I wanted him to carry it. So, I originally only intended on buying a sandwich, but to teach this guy a lesson, I spent 30 minutes in the store and went down every aisle. Look at me. I am the manager now. I was reading that story and I'm like, this isn't petty revenge. This is just a guy digging his... Oh, there it is. <laughs> this one is from FM Lists SML. Why you should go Christmas shopping with your siblings. My brother is a few years older than me. And even though we're now in our 30s, we still bicker occasionally. Nothing serious and usually over really trivial stuff. I also have a younger sister who finds it hilarious when we argue, so she sometimes winds us up to keep it going. One evening last year, we had planned to meet after work and go Christmas present shopping for our family. He said he was sorry, he'd forgotten he was having a beer with his friends. Eh, no bother. I told him he was a lazy so-and-so, forget about it, and decided to go shopping another time. My sister was visiting me that weekend, and so I asked if she wanted to go shopping. She agreed, and when we met, asked if I'd gotten much done with our brother a few days before. I told her he'd cancelled, and she said, Oh, that's so rude. I can't believe you're not that bothered. By the way, did you hear that our nephew's really getting into Lego? Our nephew, brother's son, 
had just turned five at this point and had been given a little Lego set to play with. I didn't know he loved it so much. So, thanks to my younger sister's encouragement, my Christmas shopping included a large Lego brick box for my nephew. 790 pieces of Lego to play with, neatly wrapped and sweetly signed off from Auntie Sophie. My brother spent Christmas that year at home with his wife and son and his family-in-law. My nephew called a few days later to say thank you, and my dad wants to talk to you. My brother said his son loved the Lego, but he really didn't. In his words, there's fucking Lego everywhere. I told him I'd planned to buy it for his son that weekend that he cancelled on me. Obviously, I hadn't. And he sighed and said, Ah, I should have come with you and stopped you. He keeps putting it in my pockets. I'm glad it wasn't a video call because I had a huge grin on my face for the rest of the conversation. A few weeks later, my sister and I had gone to stay at our brother's for the weekend. One evening, he took us out for a drink. And when he went to pay, he pulled his wallet out. Two small Lego bricks fell out of his pocket at the same time. And that is all we've got for you this episode. Thank you so much for being here as always, and I can't wait to see you in the next one. Until then, peace out, take care. enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal, we do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.